Hi, I'm Tamina, gender equality activist and sales professional at a global technology company. When I graduated from college in 2017, I was struggling to figure out how adulting works. School did not properly prepare me for some of the most basic things that my young professional life would eventually throw at me. If this sounds familiar, please join me on this journey to empower young women who are, just like myself, still in search of a fulfilling, purpose-driven life. Welcome to FemHive. Welcome back, everyone. This week, I am so, so excited to welcome one of my very, very favorite content creators, the wonderful Helen. Helen is a 27-year-old New Yorker, first-generation Asian-American, and the girl behind The Money Minimalist, and I'm sure a lot of you are already following her online. In 2017, Helen graduated college with $25,000 in student loan debt. She got herself a big girl job at a big four consulting firm, but knew so little about personal finance. Looking back, she lost it on thousands of dollars by not prioritizing the right savings and investments accounts, not taking advantage of tax advantage accounts, and not investing more earlier. Today, her net worth is more than $200,000, and her investments are growing more every single day. Helen believes wealth starts with knowledge, and she wants to help you earn more money. Wow. Love the intro, Helen. Welcome to FemHive. I'm so, so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a hype up. I don't know how I can live up to this introduction. I love ah. the way you just gave I feel like I'm walking on the Emmys or like the Grammy stage right now. <laughs> well, you to me, you are an online celebrity already because you're just putting out so much amazing content and we're going to spend some time talking about that. But you know, Helen, before we dive in to talk about all of that, you know, the money minimalist and and your gap year, I want to talk more about your whole journey towards financial independence, which obviously triggered you to then start the money, the money minimalist in the first place. Um, we just heard in the intro that it took some time for you to realize that you weren't making the financially smartest decision the first couple of years out of college. <laughs> totally relatable, was in the very, very similar shoes. And I know that's also the case for a lot of our listeners. Helen, could you please elaborate on that and share with us? when it eventually clicked and you turned your personal finance strategy around? Yeah, as much as I love that you added that in my intro, it is so painful to hear that over and over again. Like all the missed opportunities I had when I was younger. And really that's what fuels my platform today. I don't want other people to live with the same regret that I did looking back and thinking, why didn't I start earlier? What really clicked for me is when I started to almost hate my job (laughs) and I really found my dream job, which is the crazy thing out of college. You know, I worked my whole way through college, through all my internships. Like I just remember my biggest goal in life was to find a big fancy job. And I did. I got a job in tech consulting. It was one of the highest paying jobs you could get out of my university. I was at kind of like a state public college. I wasn't an Ivy League or anything. So for me to find a job at that caliber was pretty insane, especially coming from a family that never had a corporate job. But 
it really dawned on me when I realized even though I love this job and I worked my whole life for it, I knew I couldn't keep doing it for the rest of my life. And that was such a big wake up call for myself because I didn't plan past getting my first job. My whole life was working towards getting that first job out of college. And then I got it and I almost kind of felt like, whoa, what now? Was I going to have to work forever? And I kept looking at the managers, the partners, everyone around me. And it wasn't a life that I wanted. I saw a lot of them work on weekends. I saw a lot of them miss events at their child's or children's schools because they had to work. I saw a lot of them cancel family plans for client meetings. And I just quickly realized I wasn't going to fit my life into work. I wanted to do it the other way around. So I got super serious about money because I found out if I were to invest enough money that I could stop working and I could retire early and I wouldn't have to end up as a parent who was missing a lot of my child's events and I could be a parent who maybe instead worked part-time or a parent who only worked uh, during the times that it was convenient for me and I found this beautiful world of financial independence, retire early. And that's when everything clicked for me. (laughs) I love that. And I think there are so many lessons to take away from this because I don't know how it was at at your college, but um, it sounded like as if, you know, there, there, there is a handful of, you know, jobs that young adults in college are are really aspiring to get and that's usually you know consulting finance and and then maybe like tech in a more like technical role if you have those technical skills at least that's how how it was at at my school and that's really all that my 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 peers and friends were working towards and I fell into that trap early on as well and you know now that I'm a few years out a lot of my friends that I graduated with in 2017, they now have already left their consulting or their their really, really prestigious finance jobs because they just couldn't take it anymore after two, three, four years. And similar to what you were just saying, Helen, like they got there and were like, huh, so 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 that's it. This is what I'm supposed <laughs> to do for the rest of my life. Like and in my own personal experience, you know, like I, I, I actually did a one-year-long fellowship at my school first before then joining LinkedIn in 2018. And um, for me, it was also like, huh, I, I kind of expected like adulthood to be a little more glamorous, you know? Like, yeah. I was like <laughs> so completely underwhelmed by everything. And I was like, damn like I wish I could just like go back to college and you know relive those 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 couple of years because uh, it was a lot more exciting than you know having your nine-to-five job trying to figure out okay so how do I do my tax return like how do I set up an investment account like do you really have to start saving for retirement like now and you know trying to find mentors networking at work building your personal brand and you know also trying to figure out what what am I actually here for? What's my purpose in life? Um, so that was actually the main reason why I started this podcast because I felt like school does a really terrible job at preparing us for what real life out there, you know, after school or college is actually 
like. So um, can definitely relate to your story there. And um, it took some while for me to also then discover the the fire movement, which I've referenced a couple of times on this podcast before. Unfortunately, I'm not as as close to you yet, but I just hit my uh, 100k net worth literally like a few weeks ago, so that was a big milestone for me. Um, so I can can definitely relate to your journey there. And um, we we obviously talked a little bit before we started the recording, so you know that I've been following you for about a year now, and I just love how authentic and relatable your content is Helen and and know I feel like even though we don't really know each other that well yet you kind of already you've been feeling like this friend that's been you know accompanying me on my personal finance journey and I really do believe that that's exactly what makes a great content creator and um I saw you start your account not too long ago in July of 2020, and now you're already at more than 18,000 followers growing every single day, um, which is just incredible. You've been featured on CNBC, Bloomberg, and Fortune magazine. Like, it's it's insane. So, Helen, just, just curious, like, can you tell us a little bit more about your finance influencer journey and your future plans for The Money Minimalist? First, let's not skip over the fact that you just invested or saved 100K. That is huge. Like my <laughs> whole face you. lit up. I know you can't see my face right now, but I'm, I'm glowing. I'm so happy for oh, you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you know, that that's a pretty big, big milestone. So, And I had a bit of a financial setback due to some unforeseen medical expenses so I didn't even know you know if I would hit it before the end of the year but I actually hit it just a few weeks ago with still some time to spare in 2021 so just so so excited so thank you so so much for your kind words (laughs) of course that is the hardest one to hit once you're there you're you're gliding now yes Uh, (laughs) that's the goal (laughs) that's amazing well congratulations thank you Uh, yeah so personal finance like I said, it really clicked for me and what I really wanted to start sharing. And I started this just like you, you started the podcast. I started my page during a pandemic, looking for a creative outlet, looking for a way to connect with others and really looking for a way to turn my interests into a passion, into something that I could share with others. What really resonated with me the biggest when I started getting serious about personal finance was it was so boring to think of retirement as something I was going to do later in life, like maybe at 65 or 70. Like who wants to work for something and then not be able to benefit from it until 40 years later? It just sounded like, who wants to do that? <laughs> like, I understand why people don't want to invest for retirement. It sounds boring. You get this new sexy job and the first thing they ask you to do is set up your 401k benefit. <laughs> who cares right who flipping cares i'm like give me the new shiny laptop tell me what your pto is tell me if we have a holiday party here do we give out you know merch like what is going on like that's what someone wants to know when they join like a new sexy company that pays them a good salary no one's asking what is the retirement plan here and uh what can i do to invest for that that sounds boring what really flipped the script kind of for me was retirement's not at 65. Retirement is actually whenever you can afford it. 
that's when I was like, oh my God, I just unlocked like the craziest game of life. And that is how much money can I start saving my piggy bank? So I'm retiring at 35 and not 65. So that brings me to the money minimalist. I was like, I can't be the only one that's going to know about this. Like I have to tell people, I want to tell all my friends because selfishly, obviously, if I'm the only one that retires early, who am I going to go hang out with? Like <laughs> who's going to fly to Thailand with me? I was like, I need to tell the world. I need to tell everyone that retirement is not an age. Retirement's a number, guys. Retirement is just having enough money in your piggy bank so we could all retire. Like we don't have to work forever. And that's what got me started on blogging. And my future plans for this is to really spread the word, especially for first-gen immigrants and first-gen students, people who have not been taught this from their parents and people who may want to build generational wealth for future generations if they feel like they missed out on opportunities in their life, but there's still such a beautiful opportunity for them to set up their kids for success. And really, that's my future plan. You know, I don't have all of my goals laid out, I really do take it day by day, week by week. I just know my main mission here is to get people interested in their own personal finances and understanding that they have an option now to do very little to gain so much for them later in life. And you know, it's hard to convince people save for 40 years down the line, but it's a lot easier to tell people save now and you can take a gap year maybe in two three years you know just like i did so that's my mission for money moments but it's such a <laughs> it's so hard to say this thing I'm i like, know <laughs> i regret it <laughs> two, two times already uh just in this podcast the money minimalist <laughs> well it, it it reads great like online you know you don't have to like actually like say it out loud all the time but it reads really nicely so my favorite part is usually other people introduce me, so I never have to say it. And I'm like, yes. Yep, yep, yeah. No, we're all for great alliterations, so I, I totally get it. Um, no, definitely. And and I and I wanna I wanna pivot to the whole gap year thing in in just a moment, but just want to reiterate one really really important sentence that you just shared with us, which was, retirement is not an age. It is a number. So to all the listeners out there, really, really think about this, you know, take a step back, like, you know, process this for, for, for a hot second there, because this is one thing I, I have trouble with, you know, I'm not a huge fan of like heteronormativity in, in general, but somehow it is so deeply ingrained into our brains and in, in society, because we're all products of, you know, our environments that, yeah, retirement is at 65, right? And obviously a lot of the accounts that are set up, you know, like, uh, for a 1k for example like you, you you cannot really access that earlier anyway so um or like maybe like five five and a half years earlier but why does it have to be like that and and everyone sh should be should be do should should be doing as they please and some people might want to actually retire at age 65 and that's totally fine it's their choice some other people will never retire and they'll work until you know 
they die essentially and other people are be like hey look i i want to make the most i want to go travel with my partner so i'm setting that goal for myself to retire at age 35 or 40 you know depending on these individual circumstances so i i love that you with the okay let me do this like slowly money minimalist (laughs) (laughs) that you are really trying to get that message out there of okay let's just challenge the status quo let's just you know reinvent what what retirement really looks like and i love that there are so many different you know content creators out there in 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 the in the finance uh, space and focusing on on sharing their own journeys towards fire so uh, financial independence and retire early although i've heard i think it was actually emily from sometimes sensible said this she she reframed retire early to relax early which i also really love because yeah right right i was like yeah that sounds great because i probably even if i had the financial means to you know stop working at age 35 or or 40 i would still want to work on something you know like but i could then choose the type of you know projects i would want to work on and maybe i'll work on a project then i take another three month break and go on safaris you know somewhere in in kenya or you know south africa um but i'm not financially dependent on an employer anymore so i i just love the added flexibility there but um yeah okay now let, let let's pivot helen i could talk about you know fire all all day long <laughs> um but i would really love to talk about your decision to take a gap year because i think that's just so so appealing to to our listeners out there so this past august you quit your corporate job again congratulations i know it's a huge huge step and you did it very very proud of you and excited for you <laughs> Um, and then you spent some time traveling across Europe. I think you, you spent quite a bit of time in Portugal, right? Yes. Yeah. I was scoping out my early retirement destination. Nice. Definitely top of the list. Nice. Well, amazing. I loved, I, I, I loved seeing you treating yourself. It it was really, really (laughs) like eating all the food and yeah, no, it, it was lovely. Um, and, and now you're doing a bunch of different things. You're working on creating online courses. You're a guest speaker. You occasionally flip houses to rent them out. Which amazing. Um, curious, Helen, what triggered your decision to take a gap year now? And um, has there been anything surprising about this whole experience so far? So many surprises. Like we were chatting right before this podcast, right? There's so many pros and cons. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you would really even get it until you're in this seat. So what really triggered all of this to happen was unfortunately just a bad work experience. I pivoted from consulting over to a fintech startup and I don't think I was ready for quite this jump from Mm. a large company to a very, very small, probably like eight person team. And I ended up shouldering a lot of the work for this company throughout the past year. It really, really took a toll on me and I felt less motivated. And maybe it wasn't a result of just working there, but the four years in consulting is exhausting. And client after client, I'm creating content and I'm creating marketing strategies and implementation timelines for all these different technology companies. And I'm like, well, 
when will I ever get to create something for myself, right? Put my own stamp on it, put my own name to it. I'm constantly like an underwriter for my clients. I'm always ghostwriting. I'm creating campaigns for them. And all of these thoughts and me learning about personal finance and crazy flipping through all these books at the time made me realize I could put out my own work. I could finally put my voice into something and create a content with my name on it, with my stamp. And it felt like the perfect time to do it. So that really triggered my decision to finally take that gap year when I realized corporate or this nine to five wasn't it for me anymore. Because like you said, I started flipping houses. I started renovating massive houses to rent out. And I'm talking to contractors. I'm being invited to speak on national TV and I'm juggling my day job. And I was like, what is my ROI here? Like, I didn't feel like I was taking, I was giving work more than I was giving me, especially because it was a small company. It didn't give me a network like I was used to at a big job Mm. and at a big company. And I was expending a lot of my energy and efforts into this work, which had a very fixed, like capped salary, right? Whatever I put in it. As much as I put in one day or the next day, the salary is going to look the same. My hourly rate was always going to look the same. Meanwhile, on the other side, the harder I worked on being a guest speaker, the harder I worked on flipping this house is the more rental income I could bring in. And that was so motivating for me, like having this uncapped revenue and this unlimited ability to earn more money. I just... It just woke me up. Like I felt so alive. And again, I don't blame the startup that I was at. I think it was just a result of working in corporate for four plus years full time. And I was interning for two years in college too. So you could say I was a little burnt out. (laughs) It was crazy. But what's been surprising so far is really unlearning what the social norms are. Like you said, meeting new people now have been really kind of awkward for me even though I'm usually very social and I'm very extroverted but now whenever I meet people I get a little bit of anxiety how am I going to introduce myself what if they ask me what I do I don't like to say like I have a blog because that's really weird sometimes if you're meeting like a friend out of a friend at a bar I'm not just going to be like oh I run a blog you can follow me but people do ask and going from being able to say hey I'm a project manager at a fintech startup to now I create Instagram posts I know my work is bigger than that but I do feel really weird about that title And I do feel weird about losing the fancy title that I know a lot of people would almost like, you know, praise, right? In the, in social, in the social world or in whatever we value now in society. And that was really weird for me, honestly, stepping down from the prestige, right? Of, Mm. oh, project manager, fintech startup, tech consulting, losing all of those like buzzwords and titles associated with me felt really weird. I felt like stripped away, right? I felt like that was my badge of honor and now I lost it. So that was really, really surprising for me. And in a way, I've had some months to reflect now. I'm really glad that I'm really untangling my identity with work earlier on in my life because I couldn't even imagine if I stayed 
at my company and maybe I made manager, maybe I became partner, how would I would feel later in life, you know, trying to separate my identity from work, having worked so hard for such a prestigious title for so much of my life, right? Now I get to really experience that when I'm younger and I'm creating more of my own identity or I'm sensing my own identity more. I feel like I'm able to speak freely. I've been dressing up in more colors, different patterns. Like I'm really unlearning the corporate world and I'm detangling my identity with work. And that's been really, really surprising. I didn't expect, you know, this to be the experience of quitting my job. I thought my only struggle would be the money, right? Like not living of a stable income, but really it's been a mini identity crisis and also <laughs> just unlearning like what we value as society and kind of reframing that, you know, and finding what I value now instead of what everyone else values. Wow. I, I, I love that Helen. There, there is so much to, to dissect there. Um, first of all, I can totally relate with the whole prestige aspect. I think, again, going back to to our college years, you know, the the the, the only reason why we're working so hard is to then eventually land that corporate prestigious job at you know either a big four consulting firm or, in my case, one of the um, most well known technology companies out there, and. While obviously in the moment, you know, when you get your offer and, you know, the first couple of months and maybe first couple of years can be can be really, really great. But for me, I especially over the course of the pandemic, you know, all of us had a lot more time to reflect and, and you know, <laughs> think and question everything in life, kind of. Um, I also got to a point where it's like, hmm, is corporate life for me in the long run? Like, I am really, really grateful, especially when it comes to, you know, the whole financial aspect, like there's great benefits, like there is a very generous, like pension plan match program at my company, you know, there is, there is a fantastic employee stock purchase program that I'm taking advantage of. And, you know, it's, it's, it's all great. You were talking about the network earlier, you know, that that's something that you were lacking once you had um, scaled down a bit and, and joined a, a really small company. And um, like, there is a lot of pros there, but then similar to you, I recently got to a point where I was like, hmm, but I kind of want to leave my own mark. I feel like self-actualization is something that is so, so underrated. And I also feel like our generation is kind of the first one where we can have those conversations because we're slowly like changing the norm. You know, our parents' generation, certainly our grandparents' generation, they were, most of the time they're working in the same job, the same role, oftentimes even at the same company for what 30 40 plus years which is ridiculous if i like even like if i just like even think about having to to stick with my current company for the rest of my you know life until i'm retiring at the traditional 65 like that just sounds so not appealing to me whatsoever <laughs> um so i can definitely relate that and also honestly as a fellow side hustler like props to you for you know making that work for such a long time you know maintaining your stressful nine to five where you were ca carrying a lot of weight then building the money minimalist from the ground up 
flipping houses so you could rent them out and create additional income streams. Like, I mean, that's what I truly love about, you know, online businesses. Um, you know, you, you have the opportunity to create multiple income streams that can then be scaled. And then you're just like making money while you sleep. And as you were saying a few moments ago, Helen, when you are at a steady nine to five job, usually the opportunity to really like scale and make a lot more income over time is just not given. So I I totally uh, understand your decision. And hopefully I will be following in your shoes at some point in the future. Um, because that's definitely one of my goals. I want to become my own boss as well. And I want to leave my my own stamp on 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 whatever it is that I decide to dedicate my my life to. So I I really love that. Um, speaking of the pandemic, I just mentioned it. The past almost two years at this point, you know, have put a lot of things into perspective for so so many of us. The great resignation or the great reshuffle, however you want to call it, is certainly underway. So for those listeners who are also considering a gap year in order to travel or finally work on that business idea similar to you, what are some important steps these people should definitely take before quitting their jobs? Save your money. Cut down on your spending. Find ways to spend less so you have more money. Uh, to afford a gap year. That's what I did. Um, And, you know, what you said earlier about our parents and our grandparents working 30 to 40 years at a job, it's almost like they just didn't have the choice. Like it was just, that's the time that they lived in. Mm -hmm. And maybe that was the best option for them then. But we live with this beautiful invention of the internet and it's never been easier to just put up a website and start your business because in order for our ancestors to do that or for even our parents to do that they had to find a building a literal building open up a shop put physical items in the shop literally stand in the shop all day so they could sell whatever goods or services they wanted to sell we can do all of that from the comfort of our couch just from a website And that is the craziest, most transformational thing of our generation. And the reason why people like us can start to build businesses online and really take advantage of this internet. Like, I don't think, as crazy as it sounds, I don't even think enough people realize how much earning potential they have on the internet. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people are content consumers and they're just taking advantage of the fact like, hey, neat, like I can just buy whatever I want online. It'll ship to my door. Or, hey, I can just listen to whatever podcast I want. I just have to click on Spotify. They don't realize that they can actually sit on the other side of the table. Hmm. Like they can own that website. You can do drop shipping. You can sell your own goods. You can be the provider and sell your stuff to other people. You can create your own podcast like you're doing and really start to find ways to find your passion and maybe earn some income from it. So I say all of that to hopefully motivate folks to start thinking of the internet as this big wild space where you can pitch your tent on the digital world and start a business, start an idea, get yourself a foundation before you quit your job. Because like I said, most people quit their jobs, not because they're just looking for some time off, but they're kind of fed up with corporate and 
the last thing you want is to quit your job with a runway of three to six months and have nothing to fall back on. So consider finding something else, consider building something for yourself and just money is going to play such a huge factor in that. Take everything you can and realize your biggest purchase is your freedom and the biggest purchase is your gap year or your your time to create that business that you want. And that is the most important thing. Like when I walk into a store these days and I see this adorable $25 sweater, I'm like, no, I don't want a sweater. I want time. Like I want this money in my gap year fund so I can stay unemployed for longer or I want this money in my travel fund so I can go on a vacation. Like no sweater, no physical object is really going to replace that feeling for me. So that's the step that most people should take. And paying off your debt is obviously huge. I don't think I need to go on Mm -hmm. about paying off your debt, but that's going to hold you back from being able to live without a paycheck. So get yourself out of that paycheck to paycheck grind, start saving up in your piggy bank and consider your business idea. And Maybe you just want to go in a gap year, like you just want to take a break for three to six months. That's totally cool too. Just make sure you have enough money to afford it. And then on that gap year, you can decide if going back to corporate is the move or if starting your business is the move. I, I, I love that. And I couldn't agree more, Helen, what you just said about you walk into a store and you see something cute, like, yeah, I like this. And yeah, theoretically, I would love to get it. But uh, I have other priorities. Like for for me, when, when, when I was a teenager, <laughs> I really, really cared about, you know, like designer clothing. And I was always begging my dad to buy me the most expensive shoes and handbags. And I, looking back, I was like, wow, like, had I known about the power of compound interest back then, I would have asked for the same amount of money and just like put it in into the stock market. Um, and I, I, I would be very, very happy today, um, 10, 15 years later. So I, I definitely, definitely relate to that on so many different levels. Like for me, what really helped is define some high priority expense categories for me where it's like okay because I feel like and 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 I believe you agree with me on this um Helen especially after I saw how you treat yourself on your on your travels like for me investing in memories and learning experience experiences such as you know traveling that that to me is is just so much more important than getting the newest i don't know chanel back or you know whatever it is um and similar to you i walk into a store like yeah like that would be very very nice but imagine those 150 dollars if you put that to work and let it sit there for 10 years and it would grow to like two, three, four times the amount um, that you initially invested in. I mean, it's just, it's mind blowing. Like I, I love saying, I've mentioned this on this podcast a couple of times before, but when I discovered the power of compounding interest, I was like, wow, like, let me stop <laughs> right there let me you know use uh that um i think on what what website is it like i don't know like a like a u.s government web- website with that uh, compound interest calculator i use that all the time to calculate different scenarios oh if i 
invested like another like 500 bucks this month and like kept that up up for the next 10 years like how would that impact you know my my future number in 20 30 40 years and it's just so so motivating and once I really like understood that fully I was like okay I need to cut back on spending like no I don't need to invest in clothing anymore it's it's all about um, making sure you put your money to use and make it work for you um, but yeah, we, we already briefly touched on this earlier, Helen, you know, how lucky we are to be part of the millennial generation. We're both 27. Um, and you know, as you're saying, like our generation is really the first one, um, where we have the opportunity to, to fully take advantage of the power of the internet and, and, uh, you know, technological innovation um, that would allow us to start our own businesses, but also, you know, to share knowledge the way that you're doing it from, from the money minimalist um, account. So I, I love that we as millennials are helping to challenge that status quo of also heteronormative life concepts. And we mentioned the fire movement already. Um, and I know that previously you were planning on retiring early at age 35 with a net worth of um, over a million dollars. But I believe, at least after following you, I believe that your priorities have changed a bit over the past few months and you're now planning on still retiring earlier than, you know, the average person age 65 or so. But um, you also want to take several mini retirements along the way over the next 20 years or so. Like, tell me, what what, what has changed for you, Helen? Yeah, two big things. First is what Emily said earlier. It's not really retire early, it's relax early. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing about this whole movement is that the people that tend to want to optimize their money and save as much as possible now so they can have a better life later, and the people that are willing to put in the work now and the research now, and the people that have the discipline to really, really do that at a young age are kind of the type of people who aren't ever going to stop working because we're go-getters, we're highly motivated people, and we just couldn't imagine a life of doing nothing, right? Like we're the type of people to really see a goal and work towards that goal. Mm -hmm. And I see that for myself too. So I don't think retiring early at 35 makes sense for me anymore. Mm. I just bought my first real estate property at 27. I see myself buying more. Like I just want to stay involved in work that I'm really interested in and especially work that pays me well for a few hours of work. Like I am now more and more interested in earning more income for less hours mm. and I don't see myself retiring. I see myself working a lot less, but I still want to be making investments. I still want to be looking for investment properties. I still want to be involved in maybe consulting for a few startups or maybe being a venture capitalist or an angel investor. I would love to do that time to time on my own schedule, right? At the capacity that I want until I'm older. I don't think I'm just going to shut the lights, close up shop, and then do nothing for the rest of my life after 35. I want to work for charities, philanthropies. I want to start my own scholarship. There's just so many more goals in my life that I want to accomplish. And I'm realizing that now, like I'm 27, I'm not going to stop everything at 35. I have a lot more goals I want to accomplish, but I'm realizing that I want to be able to do that 
you know, maybe at a capacity of 10, 20 hours a week, not 40 to 60. Mm -hmm. So that's my first realization. I don't want to stop everything cold turkey at 35. That would be a very, very boring life for me. Mm -hmm. My next realization was, well, I'm not going to wait to take my vacations. Most people who are going for a fire, you know, typically don't do much. And I don't really mean to say this in an insulting way or I'm not because, you know, I'm not trying to insult anyone here, but a lot of people live very, very frugally up until the age of 35 so they can retire at 35. That means living way under their means. That means, you know, saving money on groceries, not dining out. That means not taking the trips that they want because they're sort of like compounding everything, like you said, and waiting for this moment at 35 to start spending. And for me, I don't want to wait till 35. Like I'm only getting older every day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I I actually, I skydive when I was in college and I don't know, maybe I was 21 years old. I can never think about skydiving now. Like, mm-hmm. like they say, the older you get, the more you have to lose. Mm-hmm. When I was 20, 21, I was young, naive, selfish. I didn't have much to lose, right? Now I have built a career. I have a brand online. I have kids maybe on the horizon. I have a net worth of 200K. I'm motivated to keep this going. I have more to lose. I'm not going to want to do all those crazy risky things. And I just see myself becoming more and more risk averse as I grow up exactly because I'm going to have more to lose. And I'm going to have more bones to sprain or ankles to sprain. Like, I'm, I'm just getting older. Like, I see myself getting more and more fragile. Like, I know <laughs> this is such a classic, like, late 20s thing to say, but my back hurts. Like, I'm tired. <laughs> I want to go on these vacations now where I'm doing early morning sunrise hikes while I can. So I want to take a mini retirement now. I'm not waiting until 20, like, 35. And I want to do a couple of these I don't want to just save it all to one big bang. Like I want to take several mini retirements throughout the, you know, the course of my life because I don't want to wait anymore. I deserve it. A hundred percent. You do girl for sure. That's, that's, that's out of the question. And yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Helen, because you also never know what's going to happen. Honestly, oh my God, like, that's the other thing. Ugh, like ugh, the, I brought this up before, but, um, you know, there's a lot of really inspiring, hardworking people, like my grandparents included, and, you know, they were working really hard, and then they were planning on traveling the world together once they're retired in, like, their mid-60s. Well, what happened? My grandpa passed away from cancer, and all of a sudden, you know, like, my grandma was, like, super, super sad and didn't want to travel by herself, so she missed out on seeing a lot of the world, and I'm like... Like, if there's one thing I want to learn from that experience is that not to make the same mistakes um, as she did, obviously, different generations. So um, we have to take that into consideration as well. But now that I am so blessed to have more options for traveling to be more affordable for, you know, having that mindset shift where it's like, yes, I still want to be comfortable when I'm, you know, retired, whenever that might be in either a traditional or non-traditional way up to me. But I also want to experience life along the way and make sure that I create really meaningful memories with my family, with my partner, with my friends. Like a couple of months ago, I actually, I, I went 
on a really, really, really expensive safari in Kenya for a week. And it was the most amazing investment ever. Like it, it really hurt my bank account. And, you know, I could have put that money to use instead. But I was like, no, this is one of those moments where I'm like, damn, I'm never going to forget this for the rest of my life. Being so close to, to these wonderful and beautiful animals and yeah, like I, I don't know. Maybe at age fifty, fifty-five, I wouldn't have been able to, 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 to do that. My body maybe w- wouldn't wouldn't comply. So, um, better do it now than than later. Obviously, without you know, overspending too much. Something like that needs to be planned ahead to make it work financially. But when you have when you have the dedication and you plan ahead of time, I think there 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 is no need for you to really sacrifice going on on trips for let's say 10 years just because you want to hit like i don't know 2 million by age 35 for example obviously it's up to every everyone individually and everyone has different circumstances for sure but i'm 100% with you on that helen um it's yeah it's it's important to to also enjoy the moment i think that's also something that uh, has been one of the many pandemic learnings for me at least to enjoy enjoy the moment for sure um well look oh god i'm looking at the time <laughs> it's crazy how 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 time flies when you're having fun i could go on and on about this and uh, talk for you for forever helen but um we do have to wrap it up unfortunately my last question for you today i really 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 love sharing very actionable advice with our audience and so if some of our listeners are also aspiring to take a gap year or they would love to retire early in whatever capacity, what are one or two very tangible actions that they can take today in order to kick off that journey and start getting closer to that goal? Well, I would love to say open an IRA investment account. That is an investment account that you can open on your own. And it's not like a 401k where the money's locked away for ages and ages. In an IRA, you're actually able to invest your money and withdraw your money, um, the contributions when you want. So you have easier access to your money, which is great. You don't have to wait till you're older and you get to have that money grow and be invested. And like We've been talking about compound interest is in your interest. So get that IRA started, start investing. That's the first thing you can do. And the second thing you can do, man, this is going to sound so cheesy, but journal, man, write down your goals, set yourself a date. When do you want to leave corporate by? What is your drop dead date? And work towards that work backwards, start figuring out what you need to get done, but make it real for yourself. Don't keep pushing this line in the sand out there. Don't keep letting the waves, you know, wash away that sand, that line in the sand. Keep focused, right? Get yourself a date, write it down, get serious and make it feel real and make it happen. (laughs) I love that, Helen great words to end with today thank you so so much for joining me it's been an absolute pleasure uh keep up the great work i wish you nothing but the very best for you know the continuation of of this exciting gap year i i'm following what you're doing online very closely so um yeah 
keep it up keep putting out amazing content thank you so much for sharing all all, all of your wisdom and and letting us be part of your journey it's 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 really really wonderful yeah and so sorry to hear about your grandfather i feel like similar things are starting to happen to my grandparents we're kind of you know we're at the age we're watching people around us grow older and hopefully it keeps us motivated to to do better and to to make them proud and to really just carry you know this torch down to our future generations while also being able to really enjoy the fruits of their labor as well it's it's a challenging time to be i think in your 20s and not knowing really what you're able to do so i hope we both stay motivated in the fact that they they worked hard for us and we're going to keep working hard for our future generations as well a hundred percent thank you so so much helen for joining this was really awesome (laughs) thank you this was a blast and that concludes our show thank you for listening to today's episode I hope you enjoyed it. Since this podcast is a free resource to you all, I would really appreciate it so much if you left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and shared FemHive with all the women in your life. The more reviews, subscribers, and downloads we have, the more amazing guests I'm able to invite and the more value I can give back to you. So trust me, this is in your own best interest. I would also love to hear your key takeaways from this episode. So please tag me on Instagram or DM me and follow fem.hive for more adulting tips and inspirational content for female young professionals. Make sure to also check out femhive.com for more valuable resources. I hope you tune in again next week. Until then, take care, ladies.